I mean, you think between the year 2000 and 5000, they would have made a new pew pew weapon of some sort, you know? Oh, I see what you're saying. Uh, yeah, that is true. That is true. Like between right now and there has, been, 5, there has been no evolution between the fall of man before we all flew to the moon. Hello, and welcome to another damn anime podcast. My name is Nick, and I'll be your host. Here with me today is my good buddy, Joe. Joe, how you doing? I'm doing all right, man. How about yourself? Doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. Uh, so this is a bit of a bonus episode, a little series we've been doing um, on the Nier uh, version 1.1a anime series uh, that's airing right now. So we just wanted to go through um, and uh, talk about it episode for episode. Uh, spend some, some short bits of time. Uh, talking about each episode and this is episode two um the episode name i believe joe could you tell me what the episode name is uh episode on this one is going to be uh let's see here i think it's city escape nope, this one this one just uh unfortunately um the website that i went to does not have the episode uploaded on that one. Sorry, bro. That's Here's right. SOL. City Escape. Okay, I pulled it up again. Okay. City Escape. This is episode two of the Nier anime. Um, yeah, so uh, let's uh, go ahead and jump right into it. Um, so this episode is uh, a little different than the, the previous one in so much that the first episode stuck fairly closely with the game and what was going on there. Uh, this one, though, takes a bit more of a uh, departure. And um, so, like, the start of the episode, we kind of get a backstory on the conflict between the aliens and the humans and that the humans left Earth to go uh, to the moon because uh, bad stuff was happening on Earth. And and the and the aliens use the machines to to invade. So they kind of throw that stuff at you, um, and then they kind of go into this this thing where they start showing the machines that are on Earth, the ones that that uh, the androids that we know and love are fighting against. So so yeah, so um, they they kind of start to show that these, I mean, like in a roundabout way, they start to show that these machines are kind of gaining some sort of sentience. Um, so uh, was there anything that, that caught your eye with this? Uh, because there's a couple things that I have, but I want to see if uh, there's anything that you noticed that was kind of interesting with the way they convey this. Uh, well, when they give the expedition jump in the beginning about how the uh, it all started, you know, roughly uh, five thousand twelve, uh, and then if you pay attention yeah. to the boot sequence to the robot on the very beginning, uh, then the year jumps to like eleven nine hundred or something like that, or nine four four, something along those lines. The you're like, okay, well, that's a like six thousand, you know, plus year, you know time jump yeah so i mean this this is this war has been going on for quite a while and they say in the beginning that the humans like had all pretty much are escaped to the moon so but then if you pay then you the, when you start watching the episode you're like 
uh, those don't look like your normal androids. And then you're like, wait a minute, those aren't androids. Okay, those are humans. Uh, so you meet the resistance later. So I think that the resistance that, that we are going to come into, I, I know that they they act like like humans, but I think that they are actually androids too. They're just like weaker, kind of dumber ones. Like first gens, because you know yeah. they they emphasize the Yorohas being like the optimum like killing machines. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So like the, but that is kind of confusing because we will meet the the resistance members and they do they they act just like people. They're co- they're like scared and stuff like that, and they're sort of weak, and uh, and it's sort of it's like well they just seem like people, but I think that they're actually just because of playing the game, I think that they are actually androids, just not cool ones like the Yorha ones. So, so yeah, so we get all that stuff with, um, with the op- opening sequence. We kind of get a bit of a, of a, a snapshot of the, of the commander who we're going to meet later, but they do tell you, yeah, the Yorha androids are supposed to be the ultimate combat weapons against, uh, the machines and so they're they seem to be some like fairly new um though in a war that's lasted six thousand years um you know what is new have they been around for 100 200 500 years we i don't, I don't think we know that yet but um yeah so they so they kind of t- tell you that stuff and then they jump into uh they do this weird thing with like these um it's like a children's story uh with like a because it's it's sort of it's a children's story with these simple cutouts that are supposed to look sort of like a pictographic representation of the machines because um, they have like round head and then there's like this weird nose it's just very simplified um, and they're kind of telling and it's like this sort of story about creation uh, seemingly that the machines seem to have it's it's kind of strange and it's sort of just out of nowhere. But it sort of explains that, like, like as it's a kind of talking, it explain or it, it's um like we're seeing some machines that are like laying on the ground, coming online and getting like these red eyes, and then they're just like kill, kill, kill. So they just seem like they're bent on the destruction of of the humans, um, and that's kind of when the story when the storybook is telling us that some of the machines learned hesitation. And began, that's kind of the way that was translated. I don't know if that's really a very accurate translation from the Japanese, but that's what it says. Like they learned hesitation and they began to learn and like to love learning. And it shows them like reading books. So they're just like reading books like all the time. Um, And then, they, and then yeah, it shows them, it shows, uh, yeah, that's one thing it does show is the fact that they are, um, I guess you can say that's the progress for their evolution, you know, the curiosity and then trying to get as much information about the situation. Um, that's what they, at least they show the first uh, yellow eyed Android doing is, you know, picking up uh, books, uh, being on top of a, a tower of TVs, all with different channels on kind of getting that information dump and trying to understand like, I guess the world as it is. Yeah, exactly. And so that guy, the the one that you're talking about, that first his eyes, uh, the first one whose eyes change colors, he has this like scar on his face, so you can kind of tell him apart, I guess. Um, but uh, he 
he like opens this one book and there's a bookmark that falls out and it's got this pretty flower on it. And then like later he finds that flower in the battlefield and he goes over to it and he's like, goes back and I think learns about it. And he starts to figure out ways to grow that, that plant. And I think it's right around then. I think it's when he sees that flower in the real world that his eyes turn from red to yellow. Um, and then he starts to figure out how to, how to plant it. And it's, it's all done with like, at th this point it's all done with no, no kind of narration. It's just straight animation. And they do some kind of funny stuff with a board chasing around some of the other machines. Uh, but he figures out how to plant these flowers and these little machines follow him around. And then they like watch what he's doing. And then they come to him with flowers and their eyes have changed from red to yellow as well. So it's just sort of this sort of weird one-off thing where it's just about this character that we don't know about or care about really. And they do a pretty good job of quickly making us kind of care about and, and telling the story of the machines uh, in a bit more of a, a humanistic way without, you know, wasting too much of our time, I, I guess. Um, so that was sort of... Uh, I, I don't know. I, th I thought it was interesting to me. Yeah. Uh, they show, you know, like you mentioned, they do show the, uh, at least in this one particular path, the evolution of this robot. And uh, because the smaller ones, so this one is particularly like twice the size or almost three times the size of the smaller Munchkin robots. And those smaller ones end up referring to the bigger one as uh, Big Brother. Right. Yeah. Um, so uh that's kind of the the idea is they kind of are observing and looking up to him and watching him uh kind of be uh this pacifist or at least starting to change uh they eventually start to change just being by you know proximity uh so that's kind of a you know that's at least the vibe you get is they're changing because they watch him and he's showing them how to then cultivate uh more flowers than they end up showing you know, that once barren area is now a field essentially. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, they show that the barren area after a little while has tons and tons of flowers like planted, like all over it. So you can tell they've, they do it and keep doing it. Um, seemingly because they like to, or they want to, it's, uh, it's not, it's the one purpose they have. I mean, that's kind of like they yeah. found a new purpose. And so that's kind of what their, their driving goal is. Um, so, you know, it's a single-minded effort, but it's, they were single-minded beforehand with just kill. So now they have at least, you know, the, you know, protecting the, and cultivating flowers. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, so then we kind of switch with like, we see that and they kind of set that up and then we switch back over to, um, what the androids are doing. So there's an introduction to the, to the resistance members, uh, on earth. Um, it looks like these resistance members haven't been resupplied in a long time and they're doubting their ability to win uh, the oncoming fights. We meet Lily, um, who is, seems to be the commander of the resistance in that area, at least, or she has some kind of rank because the others seem to listen to her. Um, and then uh, there's, um, there's two redheaded twins with slightly different haircuts, but they're, but they're basically twins and they keep showing up in the background. They show up like two times in short succession uh, around this time. So um, 
So, so we kind of see them and we're, we're introduced to those members with a little bit of a, of a weird thing because there's a voice them like the disembodied man's voice that it was in the introduction of this episode telling you about the history. He's his voice is on the radio and he's like giving encouragement and stuff. And Lily goes and turns him off before he's done speaking, which is sort of like a rude thing. And the other, and one of the other guys is like, Oh, you don't want to listen to him like finishing. She's like, I know what he's going to say. Uh, basically for us to keep fighting until we die. And it's so it's like, Oh, so there's a little bit of animosity there. Um, but she seems to be like the bravest sort of smartest one, at least of, of that little group. Um, but it's more like she's a realist. I think it's, you know, she, she knows what it is. She doesn't need, need the pep talk because that's all it is. It's like, it's essentially propaganda for the masses. Right. And that's the way the tone and the vibe they get. And of course, um, you have the, you know, the thought of the resistance on earth handling things and dealing with the situation of like supply shortages and not getting any, uh, support from the higher ups while whenever you show, uh, that voice talking uh and you see the um the yoraha like the commander and everyone else they're all very much um indoctrinated into that mindset you know glory to humanity and all that so uh that's kind of it's very much a uh distinct difference between the two sides yeah and something about that like at the beginning of the episode whenever the whenever all the androids on the space station are saying glory to mankind uh, they show 9S and he just says glory and then doesn't say the rest. So they just, so I like how they're doing, they're doing these little tiny things to show you um, sort of the mindset and set up things for the future. Uh, it's like, well, what's going on there? Well, what's like, why is that, you know, so you're not totally blindsided by uh, changes that come in the, in the future. Um, anyway, so so they're definitely setting up some some interesting ideas here. Um, so then we go back to uh, 2B and 9S on the space station. Uh, 2B wakes up to 9S fixing her um, and says some weird stuff. And he's kind of like, oh, oh I wasn't, you know, he's sort of weirded out by it. But but, but basically, um, it's sort of, it's it seems like it's sort she of. Said, she said his voice is comforting to wake up to or something like that. Right, right. Um, and so it seems like it's kind of just played for laughs because he just was like, oh, but it's sort of a silly thing, I guess. Um, so after that, they go meet with the Yorha commander and then we finally get to actually hear her talk. And there's not like a bit, there's not a lot of pomp and circumstance with introducing her. She's just sort of there. Um, you can tell that she's important because she is well-designed, I guess. Um and then, um, well, she she goes ahead and tells them that that those two to be a nine s are supposed to go. She wants them to go down to the planet, to Earth, and meet with the resistance. And uh, look for or start doing um, uh, start to do some investigating on why they lost contact with this one particular Yorha agent. Uh, they're t and they're told to concentrate their efforts in the the nearby desert, uh, which is a, a big uh, section of of the game. So, so they're like, okay, and so they like head out to go do that. Um, and uh, yeah, 
Yeah, nine asks quickly uh, also questions the fact the need for two B to be there because it seems to be overkill in his eyes. Uh, he's like, you know, you you're, you shouldn't be needed. Uh, which then, you know, if you follow the logic of the commander giving orders, that means there's something, you know, there's a need for two B to be there. Uh, but they just don't have, they're just not privy, you know, the need to know basis and they don't need to know at that time. Yeah. He's sort of like, well, there's only need to have like, there's usually like a survey unit should be able to do this. Uh, so kind of alluding to that her uh, attack ability, you know, offensive ability is not really necessary. Uh, so it's kind of like, well, is he trying to protect her or does he really sort of think that completely honestly? And then you're right. Like, commander like why is the commander sending overkill for this mission maybe there's more to it uh, um so yeah so then we uh cut again to um to the planet once more and uh it shows basically an army of these red or like an army like a mob essentially of these red-eyed machines uh marching uh through the area, uh, through the city, and they come upon the some of the yellow-eyed machines, the the smaller ones, and some flowers, like the, some a flower field. And it shows it doesn't show them like directly marching over them, but you see the aftermath that all the flowers have been stomped, and the the yellow-eyed machines have been like crushed to death. Um, and I think like one of them goes out and it says like big brother is like the last thing it says. Um, so it's not long after that, that uh, the resistance members are, are attacked by these red eyed machines. So they like fall back and they, they lure the machines to this bridge they've rigged to blow. Uh, they, they try to blow it whenever the machines get uh, over it. But that fails. And so they're like, Oh no, like what are we going to do? Right at that moment is when two B and nine S come in on their flight units, um, and just missile the bridge. And then they missile attack the, the, the mass of, of the, um, of these marching red eyed machines, at which point the, like the big brother machine has, has, uh, seen what's going on. And he's intermixed with them and he just gets like, like he, him and the rest of them just like get blown away by this, by this massive missile attack. Um, and this is kind of, uh, where it also gets, uh, it, it takes a little bit of a turn. Uh, do you want to, to, to talk about what happens here or, or do you just want me to keep going? Well, uh, it's fine. I mean, so, I mean, you're talking about the, uh, the moment, the, uh, you know, the current yellow, you know, the big brother, um, robot you know as he as he gets knocked off the uh the cliff into like he starts to fall into the chasm gets hit a hits a ledge and he notices uh the flower there which i'm pretty sure this white flower that he saw pressed and he's grown the fields of is all a lily uh so he happens to see this uh lily growing on the cliff face as well uh reaches out to it uh, and his eyes then turn like from yellow to green as he kind of passes away because his hand drops and then he rolls off into and falls into the gorge. Uh, so 
uh it's kind of uh not really you know there's there's a lot you can kind of read into it you know it's a, there's nothing you know for sure but you know being the fact that it goes from you know red to yellow to green and so at some point seeing well he notices the the flower the lily blooming in the battlefield and then he now notices it in like the most uh hostile spot to live in you know it's like on this cliff face uh and he probably gets some sort of like enlightenment at that moment right before he dies uh because yeah this, he, he probably had he got to live you would have gotten to see the next step of his evolution yeah yeah you're right so um yeah i didn't think about that i think they are there's some kind of lily they're they're a made-up flower within that universe um that i forget the exact name of but that is kind of interesting that that's a lily and then we have this resistance member whose name is lily um so it's like i wonder if there's a connection there i honestly don't know uh but it'll be it'll be interesting to see but yeah so this so this is kind of where his story sort of ends um so his his eyes do turn green you're right and then you know his hand goes limp like you said but his eye also his eyes just go dark um and they're kind of like like crushed and it's pretty it's pretty freaking sad i mean it's 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 pretty sad uh for him to kind of become aware and then have this sort of uh to have this goal and uh, to proliferate these, these flowers and for so many of them to be crushed. But I guess, yeah, what it's trying to say is like in that hostile environment of the cliff face where like nothing else lives, that this flower is still living. I guess he has hope that his work to, to make these flowers grow all over the place is not going to be in vain that they're going to like survive on. So yeah, anyway, it's um it's uh that's Yokotara for you, man. It's just um it's just the way that he, he rolls. So kind of moving on, um let's see, where are we? So then we kinda of cut back to the battle that's going on. Uh but it seems like two B and nine S have sort of solved the problem. They just like blew like all of those all of those machines away. Um and um it, but in the fight, Lily, the resistance member, was hurt and uh, has a little bit of a, a some kind of a cut uh, on her arm. But uh, you pointed something out b b before we started the podcast uh, about when Lily sees Two B. Yeah, the moment the moment she makes eye contact with Two B, uh, or she she identifies her as a, a two unit, uh, and then immediately gets hostile. Uh, and that's the entire time when uh, both 2B and 9S disembark from their flight units. Uh, she draws on them immediately and just keeps a bead on them the entire time. And uh, 2B notices the the wound on her arm and you know tells the uh, the pod to like you know administer uh, you know treatment and a virus. Um, uh, it's, I forget the name of the virus shot, uh, but there's a, it's like uh, a no, logic, no, not needed. It's like a logic yeah. virus, so which I don't know, or uh, something, something weird like that. Yeah, I don't know what that yeah. really means, but it means something to them. Yeah, so immediately just uh says you know it's not needed, and then the two uh the redheaded twins start doing uh their own like magic healing, uh by you know pulling their hands up and yeah just you know forcing that to heal, but the entire time she still has a bead on them with her like 
I don't know, uh, eight thousand year old uh, AK forty seven. Uh, so <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah you're pointing this out yeah so uh yeah so it's in six thousand years and so they have this war's been going on for six thousand years and they have these ak-47 that's, that's the year five thousand okay and so you have to add an extra couple hundred years on top of that because that's a currently running firearm you know our time frame so, so from like five thousand like, you know. to eleven thousand and then we're at where the year eleven thousand whatever almost twelve thousand is where we're at. So that's a nine thousand year old firearm. I don't know if nine is actually quite it, but it's it's a lot. It's a lot of time. So something made in our current <laughs> in our lifetimes. It's still here. It's right now in the real real world. So the, <laughs> so if I could explain it away, I think that what happens is they 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 break and they make new ones. Like the machines are constantly being made. That's what the factory stuff is about. In the first episode, the machines are constantly being, you know, reformed and remade. So the uh, the the androids' materials and guns and stuff are constantly being reformed and remade. Um, I think there's something that's coming up in probably the next episode that I'm not gonna. Talk, I won't. I won't talk about it. But it might. It might um, shed some light on some of that as well. But I, I, mean, I think between the year 2000 and 5,000, they would have made a new pew pew weapon of some sort, you know? Oh, I see what you're saying. Uh, yeah, that is true. That is true. Like between right now and there has, been, 5, there has been no evolution between the fall of man before we all flew to the moon in this, in this universe. Uh, it's just like, no, it's, it's okay, man. It's just like whatever you created, uh, you know, you know, the 21st century, we'll just keep that all the way through. <laughs> yeah, why haven't they made anything better yeah so that is kind of interesting though because one of the resistance members when he's feeling down he's like uh or whenever they're being attacked and they're about to die uh he's like maybe we could call the basically he says maybe we could call the moon he doesn't say it that way but he says the 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 foundation of humanity or whatever alluding to the moon uh and ask them for help and lily's like no they're not like they never send help, and but th th then that's when two B and nine show up, and and you kind of forget about that. But um, uh, but she then she questions herself. She's like, well, like, or she says it to herself, like they actually send help. Yeah, you know. So yeah. and you know, but she's saying it to herself while being super pissed. So exactly, and then yeah, like uh, those the two redheads, um, they uh, they are oddly quiet. Um, and, uh, and so that's sort of, they, they sort of keep popping up. They, they have a, a shot in the background early on and then they have a, uh, and then there's a point where they spill some, some barrels right before um, they're attacked. It's them carrying some crates, some boxes. It. Yeah. yeah it's a, not being able to carry, uh, you know, simple, simple items stacked. Yeah. So. so they get kind of mad at them, but then they distract you by showing you the machines so it's like, okay, you've seen them twice, and then they come in to heal. So it's like, okay, well, these characters are going to be something going forward, but we don't know yet uh, what that's going to be. But uh, but then after, you know, 2B and 9S come, and Lily's, like you said, she, she drew a bead on them, and she sort of never really lets her guard down, guard down. But toward the end, right before the end of the episode, she says, all right, well, let's go back to the Resistance camp. So that's where they're heading right um pretty much it's like the last thing that we see of them before it kind of cuts to this little epilogue um in the show 
So we go back to the paper cutout story. And it shows like going through these doorways, like three or four doorways as it narrates. And it's sort of a weird story about killed mother, killed father, killed mother, killed father. And then it has like this one machine, uh, this one machine holding a sword. And if you look closely, you can see that there's like a ring of like a half circle of dead machines around it. And it starts talking about how it's like to be like killed mother, killed father and to in pursuit of being uh, finally being alone. So it's just sort of this weird stuff that I don't, I even after playing the game, I kind of know what it might be alluding to, but I also, I also don't really. So that's sort of just meant to, I guess, confuse you for now and be a mystery for later. So then, um, but finally, the last thing we see is that it, it cuts to these machines sort of some somewhere underground, it seems like, uh, reading. They're all reading, and they're saying, they're saying, like, after this, or, and then what, and then what? I forget what it is that they that they say. Uh, let me see if I can find it really quick. Um, but yeah, you're seeing all these yellow-eyed machines now reading and, uh, you know, slowly making their way up the, like, you know, evolutionary path as it were. Yeah. So they say that they're saying at this rate, at this rate. Um, and then it, it, uh, goes up to this, it, uh, zooms in on this, um, giant ball with kind of nodes connecting out of it. It seems to be made of these little machines, but it's, so it's, it's just this huge ball and it starts to glow yellow. So yeah, there are, so, there's some kind of evolution, uh, of these machines going on. And then that's where the episode uh, finishes, uh, cuts out before you, you have the song and then you have uh, the funny little puppet show that happens at the end. Um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, that because of the way the episode was laid out and between the uh, narration in the beginning and then showing the, uh, the machine slowly turning yellow, uh, not knowing the series or not knowing near automata that is, uh, my, I had to, I was wondering until the moment to be a nine S overlaid with everything. Uh, I wasn't sure if these were supposed to be time jumps, uh, like showing, because I wasn't sure if there I wasn't certain if they were showing the birth of like the first yellow eyed evolution, uh, you know, and then, you know, jumping, but also them not, indicating whether or not the resistance is human or not and you know them giving the timelines in the beginning because it shows uh 5012 then it shows uh was at the uh, 52 uh yeah 5204 is when they say yeah. the resistance started and so and the, you know it's like so i was like all right all right is this the resistance prior to you know currently so i didn't know what until the moment until the moment they all intersected i'm like okay nope this is all one straight timeline there's not really much jumping around uh but it felt like it because of the way they did the hard cuts so yeah yeah that is a that is a good um that's like a good guess uh because it is like well are they you know are they trying to fool me and and like make me think that it's all one thing but it's actually jumping around in time, you know, so uh, there is uh, plenty of obfuscation there and room for some kind of trickery like that. But 
Um, yeah, it, and that and that remains to be seen. It may, you may you may actually be right, but 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 we'll see after things kind of connect if they do in fact uh, connect later on. But anyway, so that's that's the episode. Um, basically, in a nutshell, going sort of play by play. Um, but uh, so yeah, so like, what did you think of the episode? as a whole do you like a scale of one to ten or however you want to talk about like like how'd you think of it uh it's all right it's uh it's most definitely a uh unique twist to do something like this to go from the you know action-paced episode one to this very much very slow-paced uh episode two and to like dial it back way way back um i mean it's a it's a unique episode two to pull off uh, because you've already hooked people in with a lot of action for episode one. They stay around for episode two. You give them something uh, more emotional or something to ponder. Yeah, that's true. Uh, and so, you know, and the old adage of, you know, give give anime three episodes, tr- you know, try before you, you know, uh, bail. Right. So now, now you've gotten two different emotional or two different aspects, you know, and now by episode three, it's, it'll be curious just to see how they're going to play it out like what are they going to do are they going to uh throw something else in for a loop you know just so you you got you pique the curiosity i think it was a overall a solid episode uh just you know uh maybe a little too slow for my pace but you know only because uh i feel like there there wasn't enough like because of the jumping around with the time you know you are with the three different groups uh, it was making it a little hard to follow, and because even on the resistance front, it seemed pretty slow. And not realizing, for me, um, it, if this was uh, a current timeline of you know the eleventh year eleven thousand, or if this was uh, you know supposed to be a, you know predating everything, it was. I would have been a little bit more satisfied knowing when in the timeline this all was, because then, you know, or at least uh, following one storyline a little more through because i felt the resistance portion was not necessary until the end um they didn't you know then all it shows was uh lily's animosity the fact that they have that she doesn't believe in uh getting back up from her superiors she feels like they've kind of been they've been abandoned and it also kind of states that because they don't have supplies they pretty much run out like one of their supply drops or um bunkers or whatever you want to call it uh they're almost out of completely out of supplies there and kind of fearing that most most of their other supply locations might be uh tapped out as well so i mean yeah that it served that purpose but i don't know how much i actually needed to know that yeah so yeah yeah so, i mean it's i feel like you know, honestly that once again this is probably another if you wanted to put a number on it between to you know one to ten it's probably another seven i mean it was it, because the emotional aspects of, you know, you feel for a robot that doesn't say anything, you know, yeah. it, it, it talks to itself in a little bit and it talks about how it's broken. And so it knows that it's not out, you know, functioning properly, but it also moves on from that. It doesn't just like give up. So, yeah, yeah, I think so. I think that's, uh, I think, I think I'm a little bit higher uh, on it. I, I'll say, I'll say seven's probably pretty good but I, I think i think before you get to to the biggest episodes uh in a in a series i think seven is really probably where you want to be unless you just have um 
uh, you know, some, some really awesome stuff later. Uh, so it's, it's enough to keep you interested. I think, um, it's, it's enough to keep me interested. There's some stuff that I'm seeing that I think is, um, different, like this character that they sort of try to make you love with, uh, the, the big brother machine cares about the flowers. Like it's actually two B and nine S that they, that kill him. Like they, they like they're carpet bombing that whole area, um, trying to kill the bad. Machines. Yeah. But it's, but at the same time, he's it, like kind of standing in the way of the horde that just trampled the three, the three smaller minions. So the dude was a goner either way. Yeah. Um, but, but, but I mean, like, like you're right. Like he's like, how are they supposed to know that they're at war? Blah, 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 blah. But, the but like the fact remains that like the heroes of the story just killed somebody that we have grown to like that was actually not a combatant. And yeah, like there's all kinds of like reasons why they didn't know and all that stuff. But the point is that like he's, he got wrapped up in their in their war and like he's gone now. Um, so like, I think a lot of other, a lot of other shows would go out of their way to make it so that our like good guys, our heroes don't do something like that. Um, whereas this is like saying, yeah, it was an accident. They didn't know, but they also like probably don't really care. And uh, it, so it, it muddies the water. Well, they can't care because they don't know. <laughs> it, it's I know. Like no one's pointing it out to them. So, but like, but like, yeah. I, I, I guess what I'm saying is like, they don't know. But even if they did know, like, how much would they care? Um, and it's it's just enough to just muddy the waters, just just a little bit, just a little bit for these opening episodes, and it's stuff like that that I think is interesting whenever you have a little bit of a question of like, well, like what's like, well, you know, what's right here and what's, and what's not right. Cause so much of anime is, is cut and dry. It's like, we're good. They're bad. And whatever we do is, is fine. Um, which, you know, is good for the most part, but uh, it's nice to have a little bit of change of pace. So, uh, well, just so you know, that big brother robot did murder a per like a resistance member. He wakes up and he's the resistance member is dead right by his feet. Yeah, yeah, so, that's true. Like he's he's no he's still a bad guy just like, because he 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 likes some flowers doesn't mean he's he wasn't a bad dude. You know, right, right. Um, but uh, you know, he's he's no he's like not, um totally free of guilt too for sure but that still proves my point like it muddies it muddies the waters like even more um because did he come into that war uh you know like did like he did did he shoot first with someone or was he just programmed to, to be that way like it's they're like, all programmed to be that way that's the whole point I mean, it's, you know, it wasn't an option of like, hey, I'm going to join the robot army. Yeah. Like, hey, sign me up for the draft. Um, so but it's the, fact, the, the, the hope is that, you know, the newer like because there are constantly new ones being built. And obviously we've seen a field of yellow eyed robots uh, from episode one. So, you know, that there's and you know, it's spreading and now they show the core or at least a, you know, that mass at the very end of the episode that is like some sort of, you know, potential hive mind or something like that, that you, you know, that is, uh, affecting other robots. You'd, th you'd assume. Right. Right. So that kind of, uh, you know, begs the question 
he, you know, he was programmed to be this, you know, killing machine. Um, and then, and so he does this killing like, like, like they all do, but then he becomes emotional, somewhat self-aware and he stops killing and he starts to, to do like the, the flower planting. So at that point, after his eyes turn yellow, like, because he has like changed his ways and he never like chose to be the killer that he was before. Does that like absolve him of his, of his sins? I mean, like what, what point is he guilty? Is he like born guilty because he was programmed to be that way? Or now that he's like yellow eyed and he doesn't want to do that. If he does kill at that point, does he become guilty at that point? Um, so anyway, it's just like I don't know. Like I, maybe he, I think he about only, it more deeply. he's only free if he gets he can do atonement, not just because he's like I want to live a neutral life now. Uh, that's you know that you have to atone for the things you've done, whether or not it's, it was meant to or like out of ignorance. It doesn't matter, you know, in that aspect, you know. So, but it doesn't matter because he's dead. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> they murdered him in quite a like unsavory fashion. No, no sticking around for episode three. Just you know. Like, no, that's it. You know, pull at the heartstrings and let that go. So, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. Yeah. Um, So it's, uh, it it brings up interesting questions to me and I'm, I'm, uh, I'm excited to see what happens next. Um, Yeah. So I think that's going to pretty much do it unless uh, you have something else you want to bring up, Joe. Uh, No, man, that's, that's really it. I mean, there's, you know, the episode was pretty solid. I went by fast enough. So. Uh, yeah, until next time then I guess okay alright thanks for joining us and uh, we'll see you next time alright alright good take care bye bye don't remove your OS <laughs> oh, oh yeah that part of the end is pretty funny <laughs> alright bye <laughs>